The ingredients for this episode are St. Patrick, Tradition, and Irish whiskey. I'm Andy Anderson, the Mischievous Maestro, and we're mixing up the perfect combination. St. Patrick's Day, or the Feast of St. Patrick, is a cultural and religious celebration held on March the 17th every year. The traditional death date of St. Patrick, the foremost patron saint of Ireland. Interesting side note, when March the 17th falls during Holy Week, the church moves the feast day to another time that is more convenient for the church. For instance, in 1940s, St. Patrick's Day was moved to April the 3rd to avoid it coinciding with Palm Sunday. And in 2008, St. Patrick's Day was officially celebrated on March the 15th. Luckily for us, St. Patrick's Day will not fall within Holy Week again until the year 2160. St. Patrick's Day was made an official Christian feast day in the early 17th century and is observed by the Catholic Church, the Anglican Communion Church, especially the Church of Ireland, the Eastern Orthodox Church, and the Lutheran Church. The day commemorates St. Patrick and the arrival of Christianity in Ireland and celebrates the heritage and culture of the Irish in general. Celebrations generally involve public parades and festivals, Cayleys, and the wearing of green attire or shamrocks. By the way, a Cayley is just a big Irish party. Christians who belong to liturgical denominations also attend church services, and historically, the Lenten restrictions on eating and drinking alcohol are lifted for that particular day, which has encouraged and propagated the holiday's tradition of massive alcohol consumption. St. Patrick was a 5th century Romano-British Christian missionary and bishop in Ireland. It is believed he was born in Roman Britain into a wealthy Romano-British family. By the way, Roman Britain is the period in classical antiquity when large parts of the island of Great Britain were under occupation by the Roman Empire. And this occupation lasted from about 43 AD to about 410 AD. St. Patrick's father was a deacon and his grandfather was a priest in the Christian church. At the age of 16, he was kidnapped by Irish raiders and taken as a slave to Gaelic Ireland. He spent six years there working as a shepherd and that during this time he, quote, found God. His writing, the book, The Declaration, says that God told Patrick to flee to the coast where a ship would be waiting to take him home. After making his way home, Patrick went on to become a priest, and according to tradition, Patrick returned to Ireland to convert the pagan Irish to Christianity. Patrick died on March the 17th and is buried in Downpatrick, a small town south of Belfast in Northern Ireland. Side note, St. Patrick is said to have used the shamrock with its three leaves to explain the Holy Trinity to the pagan Irish. In pagan Ireland, three was an important number since the Irish had many triple deities.
So, speaking of the St. Patrick's Day tradition of alcohol consumption, let's have a drink, shall we? So for our drink for this episode, we're actually doing a shot because, you know, it's always a good time for a shot, no matter the time of day. Our shot is called the Irish Breakfast, and the first time I had this drink was in the awesome Irish pub O'Daly's right in downtown Mobile, Alabama. A great little pub, and if you're on I-10 heading east or west, jump off the exit there in Mobile and go check out O'Daly's and tell them I said hello. So this is what you're going to need. You need Irish whiskey, your choice, you need butterscotch schnapps, and you need orange juice. So, in your cocktail shaker, add some ice, and then put one ounce of Irish whiskey, and one ounce of butterscotch schnapps. Put the lid on the shaker and give it a good shake. And strain that into a shot glass. Now, in another glass, put about three or four ounces of orange juice. And here's what you do, my friends. Pick up the glass that has the whiskey and the butterscotch, take it as a shot, and then chase it with orange juice. There you go, the Irish breakfast. Enjoy. Salancha. Side note, salancha translates to health or to your health and is the Irish equivalent of saying cheers to your friends. So the next time you're at the pub and you toast, say salancha. Well, we have our drinks. We've heard about the man himself, St. Patrick, and we understand a little better what the day is all about. However, it is absolutely impossible to go any further without now talking about the music of Ireland and its long-reaching influence to the U.S. and all other parts of this planet. And fare well to Ireland, the land of my name. My heart fire to see friends part And send the teardrops fall On my way to America Will I ever see home once more I'm leaving behind No one I love Patty's green shamrock shore Traditional Irish music is known today throughout the world, 
It is an oral tradition, and its prolific nature has captured the attention of listeners everywhere. Though it is only in the past three or four decades that Irish music has gained such recognition on an international scale, its origins can be traced back to almost 2,000 years ago when the Celts arrived in Ireland. They brought with them, among other skills and crafts, music. Having been established in Eastern Europe since 500 BC, the Celts were undoubtedly influenced by the music of the East, and indeed, it is speculated that the Irish harp originated in Egypt. While traveling to Ireland, the Celts left their mark on the musical cultures of Spain and Brittany, what we call Northern France, as well as in Scotland and Wales. However, it is in Ireland that the tradition has evolved most articulately, thrived most strongly, and survived most courageously. The first written collection of Irish music appeared in 1762, and it contained about 49 different songs, and it was published in Dublin. However, it was not until the Belfast Harp Festival of 1792 that the most significant notation of Irish music was made by Edward Bunting. The manuscripts survive to this day and are among the most important documents in the history of the traditional Irish music. Due to the Great Famine in the 1840s, one million Irish people died, and there is no doubt that that much of their tradition in the form of songs, stories, and tunes died with them. The resulting wave of immigration, over two million people, which accompanied the famine, though devastating in Ireland, it did help to bring the music tradition to other countries. Thousands of Irish people were spread across the world, from the United States to Australia. On leaving Ireland, the immigrants brought with them their songs and music and a traditional Irish music network that was quickly established in cities such as New York, Chicago, and Boston, where there was a concentrated Irish population. By the 1920s, recordings of a number of Irish musicians were being made in the United States. When these 78 RPM recordings made their way back to Ireland, they had a dramatic effect on the tradition. To the surprise of the listeners, piano accompaniment was given to the fiddle and the pipes, and the dance tunes were played at a much quickened pace. As a result of these recordings, musicians in Ireland also began to speed up the tempo of the tunes, as well as using the piano as an accompanying instrument, an idea previously unheard of in the tradition. Probably the most exciting development was the combination of influences such as contemporary American and European folk into traditional music. With the arrival of the group Planxty in 1972, a new sound emerged. Pipes, along with the bouzouki, a traditional Greek guitar instrument, mandolin and guitar accompaniment, created a sound that was to make them the leader in a new musical movement and played a vital part in the inspiration for many groups to follow. They were the prototype 
for what was to be the most influential and groundbreaking band, the Bothy Band. This professional group was characterized by a powerful drive of pipes, flute, and fiddle, with driving rhythmic accompaniment not unlike that of rock music, played on instruments such as the guitar, the clavichord, and the bouzouki. The Bothy band's influence from their heyday to the present is completely undiminished. It is because of this new sound, this new genre that they pioneered, that we have the world of Celtic pop rock today. Today, some of the most popular Celtic rock bands that are from here in the United States and Canada are bands such as Gaelic Storm, Seven Nations, The Young Dubliners, Dropkick Murphy, Flogging Molly, Enter the Haggis, Great Big Sea, Black 47, the Kildares, and the Tossers. Famous bands, some you may have heard of and others you may not know, from Ireland include the Dubliners, Clannad, the Coors, a really cool band made up of brothers and sisters, the Boomtown Rats, the Pogues, Thin Lizzy, the Cranberries, Codaline, and of course, you can't not mention the band U2. So, picture this. It's a chilly late winter evening, and you walk into the neighborhood pub for a little relief from the weather, or the workday, or your commute. Or you decide that a trip to the pub is just what you need to get you in the mood to attempt another day in your dead-end job. Or you're just thirsty and happen to walk by a kick-ass-looking Irish pub. No matter what, you are most likely going to hear a few pub songs. While almost any Irish song makes for an excellent drinking song, there are a few that stand head and shoulders above the rest. Forgo fake Irish pub songs like the Unicorn Song, as well as any that arose from times of political tension. After all, you never know the views of your fellow barmates. Here's a little list to help you get started. The song Black Velvet Band evokes bittersweet memories of the one who got away, but it's also an appropriately lovely song to serenade your current love interest and make them feel like the queen of the land. Her eyes they shone like the diamonds. You'd think she was queen of the land. And her hair hung over her shoulder, tied up with a black velvet band. The Irish Rover. This romping song tells the song of an ill-fated ship named the Irish Rover. People who know the lyrics will entertain their comrades, while those who don't know the song can still yell the Irish Rover at the end of every verse and still feel included. I'll Tell Me Ma is a rollicking song about the most beautiful belle of Belfast City. I'll Tell Me Ma can easily be customized to fit your home city if you so choose. Just remember to quickly stomp the floor or tap your drink on the bar on the count of one, two, three. Whiskey in the Jar is one of the many songs written in tribute to Ireland's favorite liquor. 
Whiskey in the Jar was popularized by rock bands like Metallica and Thin Lizzy. But the best version is the traditional Irish take, which involves the whole audience clapping and tapping their feet to the beat, and once again, wrapping their drink on the bar before the chorus, whack for my daddy-o, there's whiskey in the jar. The other song that I really like is The Crack Was 90 in the Isle of Man. Crack is a general Gaelic term that can mean anything from news to gossip to entertainment, but it's most often used to simply describe fun. Similarly, in Ireland, 90 denotes something especially great, so basically, this song is about having the maximum amount of good times possible. Jug of Punch is a song by Patty Clancy of the Clancy Brothers and was described as Irish whiskey, hot water, a squeeze of lemon, some sugar, some cloves. No, you don't really need the cloves. You don't really need the hot water either. It's essentially a hot toddy. He has said this song would be sung by someone whose life had been made all the sweeter with punch and that it, quote, starts off very quietly and then rapidly deteriorates like a good night of drinking. Finnegan's Wake. This song owes its massive popularity to the rocking cover by the Dropkick Murphys, and it is just as lively in the traditional style as well. It's a fast-paced, good-humored song dedicated to the booze-laden festival that is an Irish funeral. Put down your drink and get on your feet because this song begs for dancing. The Fields of Athernry. Well, technically this is a rebel song, but remember that. There comes a point in a night of drinking when people start getting a little introspective, and this somber song is the perfect one to honor those moments. Possibly the most beautiful Irish song ever composed, The Fields of Athernry, is about an Irish prisoner on a ship during the Irish famine who's been arrested for stealing some corn, so essentially he's the Irish Jean Valjean. The narrator calls out to his wife and tells her to be strong while reminiscing about the past. The song's beauty outweighs its depressing theme, and it will strike an emotional chord in everyone who listens. By a lonely prison wall I heard a young girl calling Michael, they are taking you away For you stole Trevelyan's corn So the young might see the morn now the prison ship lies waiting in the bay. Low lie the fields of Athenry, where once we watched the small free birds fly. Our We had dreams and songs to sing It's so lonely round the fields of up and ride. The Fairy Tale of New York And while this is technically a Christmas song named the best Christmas song of all time by many people The Fairy Tale of New York makes for a punky, festive drinking song year-round 
It's also one of the only Irish male-female duets, making for a particularly fun sing-along. And finally, The Wild Rover, the most popular Irish drinking song of all time. This tune has been covered by more performers than any other traditional song. Put your arms around your newfound friends and let your drink slosh as you sway side to side, crashing your glass down on the bar four times after you sing no, nay, never. However, brief side note, right now during the pandemic, don't put your arms around newfound friends and don't let your drink slosh as you sway side to side. In fact, don't go to the pub until it's safe. So remember earlier when I said you should be careful in the pub because you're not real sure about the political leanings of your barmates? Well, I snuck a rebel song into that list. And what's a rebel song, you ask? Well, a rebel song is a folk song whose lyrics extol the deeds of factual events and participants in any of the various armed rebellions against the English, and later called the British, of the unwanted rule in Ireland. The tradition of rebel music in Ireland dates back many centuries, dealing with historical events such as uprisings, describing the hardships of living under the oppressive British rule, but also strong sentiments of solidarity, loyalty, determination, as well as praise of valiant heroes. So, in the pub, you are either pro-British or you're no-British. Since this is a politics-free zone, I won't tell you where I sit on that issue, but I will tell you this, I really, really love rebel songs. Aside from the never-ending list of fun pub songs, there is also a long list of famous Irish songs that capture the emotion and turmoil of the history of Ireland. Here are three of my favorites. My all-time favorite Irish song ever written is Four Green Fields. Four Green Fields is a 1967 folk song by Irish musician Tommy Makem and described in the New York Times as, quote, a hallowed Irish leave-us-alone-with-our-beauty ballad. Of Makem's many compositions, it has become the most familiar and is part of the common repertoire of any Irish folk musician. The song is about Ireland, personified as a old woman, and its four provinces represented by, quote, green fields, one of which remains occupied, or, quote, taken, by the British, or the strangers, despite the best efforts of the Irish people, quote, her sons, who died trying to defend them. Its middle stanza is a description of the violence and deprivation experienced by the Irish, including the people in Northern Ireland. At the end of the song, one of her fields still shows the promise of new growth. 
Tommy Makem frequently described the song as having been inspired by a drive through the no man's land adjoining Northern Ireland with the Republic, where he once saw an old woman tending to her livestock. Tommy Makem says she was oblivious to the political boundaries that loomed so large in the public's eye. The land was older than the argument, and she didn't care what was shown on the map. The lyrics to Four Green Fields are as follows. What did I have, said the fine old woman. What did I have, this proud old woman did say. I had four green fields, each one was a jewel, but strangers came and tried to take them from me. I had fine, young, strong sons. They fought to save my jewels. They fought and they died, and that was my grief, said she. Long time ago, said the fine old woman, long time ago this proud old woman did say, there was war and death, plundering and pillage, my children starved by mountain, valley, and sea. And their wailing cries, they shook the very heavens, my four green fields ran red with the blood, said she. What have I now, said the fine old woman, what have I now, this proud old woman did say. I have four green fields, one of them's in bondage, in strangers' hands, who tried to take it from me, but my sons have sons, as brave as were their fathers. My fourth green field will bloom once again, said she. P.S. Four Green Fields is another great rebel song. What have I now, said the fine old woman? What have I now, this proud old woman did say? I have four green fields, one of them's in bondage in strangers' hands that try to take it from me. But my sons have sons as brave as were their fathers. My fourth green field will bloom once again, said she. The next song that we'll talk about is Danny Boy. After all, you cannot discuss Irish music without talking about Danny Boy. Danny Boy is a ballad written by the English songwriter Frederick Weatherly in 1913 and set to the traditional Irish melody of London Derriere. Various suggestions exist as to the true meaning of Danny Boy. Some have interpreted the song to be a message from a parent to a son going off to war or an uprising, as suggested by the reference to the line, the pipes calling Glen to Glen, or leaving as part of the Irish during the famine. The lyrics to Oh Danny Boy, everyone knows them, but I'm gonna read them anyway, cause it's such beautiful poetry. Oh Danny Boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling from Glen to Glen and down the mountainside. The summer's gone and all the roses falling, it's you. It's you must go, and I must bide. But come ye back when summer's in the meadow, or when the valley's hushed and white with snow. It's I'll be here in sunshine or in shadow. Oh, Danny boy, I love you so. 
But when you come and all the flowers are dying, if I am dead as dead I well may be, you'll come and find the place where I am lying and kneel and say an Ave there for me. And I shall hear those soft you tread above me and all my grave will warmer, sweeter be. For you will bend and tell me that you love me and I shall sleep in peace until you come to me. Side note, the author of this great Irish song actually never set foot on Irish soil. The pipes, the pipes are calling From glen to glen And down the mountainside The summer's gone And all the flowers are dying Tis you you must go and I must fight but come ye back when summer's in the meadow or when the valley's hushed and white with snow is I'll be here in sunshine or in shadow. Oh, daddy boy, oh, daddy boy, I love you so. The third song that I want to tell you a little bit about is called Claire to Hear. From Claire to Here is a song about the heartache and hardship faced by Irishmen working abroad in the 1960s and 70s. It sums up the plight of Irish immigrants so well that many people assume it's an Irish song, but in fact, it was written by an English singer-songwriter, Ralph McTell. Ralph McTell said that the idea for the song came to him after working with several Irish immigrants and hearing them talk about how they missed their homeland how being abroad had changed them and not always for the best, how at night while trying to sleep, all they could dream about was home and those that they had left behind. The lyrics are as follows. There's four who share the room and we work hard for the crack. Sleeping late on Sundays, I never get to mass. And it's a long, long way from Claire to here. It's a long, long way from Claire to here. It's a long, long way, and it gets further day by day. It's a long, long way from Claire to here. When Friday night comes round and I'm only on for fighting, my ma would like a letter, but I'm too tired for writing. And the only time I feel all right is when I'm on to drinking. It eases up the pain a bit and levels out my thinking. And it's a long, long way from Claire to here. And it almost breaks my heart when I think of Josephine. I told her I'd be coming home with pockets full of green. And it's a long, long way from Claire to here. And I dream I hear a piper, but maybe it's a notion. I dream I see white horses dance upon that other ocean. And it's a long, long way from Claire to here. Well, there's fun shell the room. 
And me work hard for the crack I sleep on late on Sundays I never get to mind And it's a long, long way From Claire to here And it's a long, long way From Claire to here Well, it's a long, long way It gets fun the day by day And it's a long, long way from and when Friday night comes around, he's only in to fight. Me mom would like another home. I'm too tired for writing. And it's a long, long way from Claire to here. And it's a long, long way from Claire to here. And it's a long, long way. It gets fun the day by day And it's a long, long way from Gladiator A few other songs you should add to your pub song knowledge. The Voyage by Christy Moore. It's a beautiful song, and it's a song that I hold very dear in my heart. It was the first dance at my wedding. Grace is a teary-eyed song based on a true story. The character in the song was arrested during the uprising and in prison married his longtime girlfriend and then was executed later that next morning. The Green Fields of France, which is also called Willie McBride or No Man's Land, was written after spending time at an Irishman's grave who had died in World War I. So there you go, my friends. I hope this helps you enjoy your St. Patty's Day a little more. And remember, Sometimes that drinking song you love to sing with your friends is so much more than just another drinking song. What will I be listening to today, St. Patty's Day? Well, we'll be tossing pints of Guinness and listening to our favorite Irish balladeer, Dublin's prodigal son, and the king of the Irish community in Kansas City, the one and only, and my good friend, Mr. Eddie Delahunt. Check him out on Apple Music and his website, eddiedelahunt.com. Now, grab a pint. Put on some green, turn the music up, and chant with me, Aaron Gabra, which translates to Ireland forever. Thank you, my friends, for listening to our St. Patrick's Day special. Don't forget to join us next week as the High Court of the Mischievous Maestro Season 2 reconvenes. We'll check in on opera's thunderous diva, the Queen of the Night. Until then, continue to be safe, my friends, and as always, stay thirsty for knowledge. The Mischievous Maestro podcast was researched and written by me, Andy Anderson. Recording engineer and co-producer is Ryan Hall. Art director and co-producer is Jefferson Reidenauer. Very personal assistant to the Mischievous Maestro and co-producer is Megan Keane. Production assistant, co-producer, and all-around great guy is Yvonne Kahn. Publicist for Andy Anderson is Jonathan Blaylock. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform to get all of the upcoming episodes with exciting drinks. To learn more about The Mischievous Maestro and for the drink recipes, don't forget to visit our website, themischievousmaestro.com, and follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Mischievous Maestro is so much more than a podcast, it's a lifestyle. 
And I would like to remind you to please drink responsibly. If you're not old enough, don't do it. And if you are old enough, do it in moderation. And if you're having a bad day and refuse to drink in moderation, then please follow these simple rules for overindulgence. Don't drink and drive. Please don't drink too much and then email your boss asking for a raise. And please, for all that's holy in the world, don't drink too much and then drunk text your ex at 3 a.m. This podcast is the sole property of the mischievous maestro and may not be used in whole or in any part without the expressed written permission of Andy Anderson.